Welcome everybody. Thank you once again for joining us. We're glad to have you with us. Hi, Barry. Hey, Mark. Yeah, it's great to be here. This is uh, kind of my, my swan song for not only... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not too dramatic, but for for the rest of the this year, but uh, that I'll, I'll be away for for most of January. So yeah, I, I'm gonna just enjoy every moment of this one. So <laughs> how are you this week? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, doing well. Um, so as Barry's indicated, next week is going to be our last webcast for this year. But Barry's away next week, so it will just be me um, next week. And then we'll take a Christmas break and I'll be back <laughs> on the 17th of January. Um, and Barry will be joining me on the 31st of January. So um, yeah. I think we worked it out to be eight, eight Wednesdays between now and then. Um, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Next week, our last one for this year, then we'll have a, have a break over the Christmas New Year season and back, <laughs> back on the 17th. So, uh, yeah, um, nice to have a break, but we'll be looking forward to being back together again. In January, Barry's got school and ministry and then in Finland for a 10 days or a couple, couple of weeks. weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's why I'm just letting you know, I'm not just, uh, you know, going on some, you know, vacation, <laughs> island vacation for, for the whole month of January. But uh, it uh, yeah, so I'll be in Finland for two two weeks. The, the last two weeks in in January, and then before that was the school of ministry. And of course, all of those conflict with the Wednesday. So, but I'm sure Mark will just uh, you know keep calm and carry on <laughs> with a cup of tea. Absolutely, <laughs> with a cup of tea. Absolutely. And of course, Barry, if you were having an island break for the whole of January, we wouldn't yeah. hold it against you. And um, in any way, you know, you'd be very. Welcome to have an island break if that's okay. what you want to do. I'll let my wife know. I'm sure she'll plan something then. <laughs> yeah. So um, on the advert for tonight, um, I put down that the title was kind of loosely living in love. Um, uh, but as I was thinking about that and how we kick it off tonight, it kind of went in a different direction. Um, we might come back to living in love <laughs> towards the end of the evening, um, but got a slightly different sort of direction to, to start with. Um, so, Barry, do you want to, to pray for us and then we'll we'll get going and see where see where we go, <laughs> see where we go. <laughs> for sure. So, Father, we thank you that uh, you know where we're going. We might not know, but the Holy Spirit, Father, you just uh, just guide us, Holy Spirit, and just guide Mark as he just opens mm. up and uh, but we just ask that you know this time of year with Christmas can have mm. all, all kinds of emotions it can be a time yeah. of, of reflection and celebration and uh, a time of loss and 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 just difficulties and you you just know every yeah, one of do. our situations yeah. you know what we need to hear tonight mm. so father we just ask for open hearts that we would be able to have an ear to hear what your spirit is uniquely saying to each and every one of us yeah well, thank you that you are always speaking, and I just pray that we would just be uh, just quickened to the the awareness of your indwelling presence more today mm. than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Barry. I'll bring you back on in a few minutes. 
So, um, yeah, I was just thinking about tonight or today and the webcast and what came to me um, was just this little um, expression, we've always belonged. And uh, so I, I just want to start off with just a few thoughts on we've always belonged, we've always belonged to the Father. And, you know, I guess when we see that and we understand in our hearts that we've always belonged, that he's always been our Father, um, that I believe will, will actually lead us in to, down the pathway of knowing that we can live in love. So we might get to the advertised title, but um, just wanted to start off by just a few thoughts and uh, I'll bring Barry back on to kind of, um, you know, bring his thoughts as well. But it's, you know, we've always belonged. You know, there's never been a moment in our lives, in, in history, in eternity, um, that we've not belonged. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean to say that we're all Christians and, you know, everything's fine. It, it just means that God's always been our father. And in his wisdom and in his infinite love, he's given each one of us the, um, the chance or the opportunity to accept that for ourselves. And that's obviously what we call becoming a Christian and salvation and so on. It's, you know, we've all got that choice how we respond to him. Um, but his heart is, is, is um, you know, he's, he's always had a plan. Jeremiah um, chapter 1 verse 5, you know, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He, he says to Jeremiah, I knew you, I knew all about you. Um, Psalm 139, 30, verse 13 to 16, you know, before we were, um, again, before we were in our mother's womb, God knew us. He knew the colour of our eyes. He knew the colour of our hair. He knew the number of hairs we would have on our, our head. He knew where we would live. He knew who our parents would be. You know, all of those things he knew um, from before the before creation um, he knew all of those things he had a plan for each one of us to be sons and daughters and of course we know that that plan went badly wrong in Genesis chapter 3 and we became cut off or estranged um, from the heart of the father but through Jesus there's that plan of redemption that brings us back and that's that coming back, that homecoming, which I'll talk about in a, in, a, in a moment, is is a choice we all have. It's something we can all respond to. But yeah, you know, I was just looking at a few of these scriptures, and uh, surprising how many of them are actually in the Old Testament um, that really clearly indicate that you know god has been god's always been interested in us he's always known us you know he doesn't just become interested in us when we become christians or you know give our lives to him he's always been interested he's always known he's always loved us because he's always been our father and he's always wanted us to come back into that relationship with him hebrews 12 verse 9 says that he's the father of our spirit you know um he's 
you know, the spirit, our spirit is, 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 is the very core of our being. It's like who we really are. And he is the father of, of that, that center, that core of, of each one of us. Numbers verse number 16 verse 22 we don't often read much out of numbers but I came across this verse uh, number 16 22 you know he gives breath to all men is what it says you know God the father gives each one of us breath you know he breathed just like you know he breathed his life into Adam you know he breathes human life into each one of us and he wants each one of us to respond so that he can breathe that spiritual life into us as well malachi chapter 2 verse 10 do we not all have one father it says you know and like that the, the the book of malachi malachi is prophesying to a people in rebellion you know the it amazes me how much how many times in the Old Testament the Father speaks words of compassion, words of tenderness, words of faithfulness, words of comfort to his people who at the very time when he speaks those words, they're rebelling. But yet in their rebellion, he always reminds them of his heart. And in Malachi, you know the people are rebelling they're going their own way and malachi is pleading with them to return and he says you know we've all got one father and of course jeremiah 31 verse 3 that we often read out you know he loves us with an everlasting love you know all of the love from before genesis all of the love after revelation if you like that eternal love is being poured into our hearts every moment of every day because he loves us with an everlasting love Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 to 5 you know before the creation of the world we were predestined to receive the full rights of sonship that was God's plan before the creation of the world is that you and I would live in and enjoy the full rights of sonship see why does he say that through Paul right in the new testament he says that because that's always been his plan because we've always belonged to him and in the garden in the garden of eden genesis chapter 2 genesis chapter 3 mankind was seduced you know that's that's kind of a good word for it because seduction is always very enticing and it always involves a change of course you know you're drawn away from one direction to another direction and seduction always looks attractive whether or not it really is and in the garden there was seduction satan came to the man and the woman and seduced them and tried to well, he was successful. He persuaded them that he could offer them something better than God the Father was offering them. And of course it was a trap. Of course it was a deception. But the seduction looked attractive and it was, um, it was alluring and it drew them away from their relationship with the Father. And 
in that moment, of course, we, we call it a fall, but in that moment, mankind stepped out of the, the life of love that we were meant to enjoy. You know, we were meant to be living in love. We were created to live in love. But in Genesis chapter 3, we stepped out of that. And what we chose instead was that pathway of independence, that pathway of pride. You know, and in, in Isaiah chapter 14, we, we read those five statements of Satan, I will. And the last one is, I will, be, I will become like the Most High. And what he wanted, what Satan wanted, was God's place for himself. And of course, he didn't get it. But um, that, that um, deception that Satan was living in himself, that he sowed into the hearts of mankind, was um, kind of the desire that they could become like God without God. <laughs> and you know, of course, they'd been made in God's image. They already were like God. And they could enjoy, they could have enjoyed that forever. They could have lived in that environment of love if they'd have stayed close to the Father. But they chose, and all of humanity chose, that pathway of pride and independence. We wanted to be like God without his presence, without him being with us. And so that seduction drew them away, it drew them out of that relationship. And it... And the sin separated us from God the Father. And the consequence of that sin was that our relationship was destroyed. And as we often talk about on, this, on the webcast, we became orphans. We doubted the Father. We chose to live a life of rebellion because of our pride. And, you know, basically what happened was, you know, that's the ultimate abuse, if you like, <laughs> of the gift of free will. The Father had given us that gift of free will because love always demands a choice. And the Father didn't manipulate or coerce Adam and his wife to love him. He gave them a choice. And love always has the choice. But Adam and his wife, they chose um, basically to abuse that gift of free will and walk out in independence. But importantly, that rebellion did not change our true identity. You know, God still is our father. God still wants us to have a relationship with him. He still wants us to walk with him and to experience his presence. But what happened was that... that um, our true identity wasn't um, taken away, but it was actually hidden. It was wrapped up in a lie. And so we lost sight of, of who we were. We lost sight of the, the truth that God has always been our father, that we've always belonged to him. And we, you know, it, the eyes of our heart couldn't see it because we become so conditioned to living out of the eyes of the mind. And we, had, we, we ended up being adopted, if you like, into the kingdom of Satan. But the nature of the Father, the heart of the Father, the character of the Father, didn't change in any way. You know, I, I hear people talking about the God of the Old Testament is angry and he's a judge and he's going to beat us all up and throw us into a pit of whatever. 
you know, they don't, people who say that are not reading the book <laughs> because God didn't change. God has always been love. He is love. He was love before Genesis started. And in Genesis chapter three, he didn't change. He's always been love. He always will be love. He didn't change. So he didn't become the angry judge. He didn't become the angry God. He didn't become this God of wrathful judgment. He didn't change. We changed and our perception of him changed. And we lost sight of the truth that we've always belonged to him. And of course, we know, you know, fast forwarding through the Old Testament, we get to the story of Jesus. Jesus comes to reveal, to show us the Father, to show us what the Father's like, to show us that we can come back into relationship with him, that we can know that we're loved. That as Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, remain in my love. You know, he, he came to show us what the Father was really like, to restore what had become hidden so that we could once again see our true identity as sons and daughters. And we have that choice once again, because love always gives us a choice. Are we gonna respond and say, yes, this is what I want, that free gift of salvation that we, we have as a gift because of what Jesus did for us. And, you know, when we're, when we're born again, that fully satisfies our lost state. Our eternal future is secure and it can't be taken away. But, you know, that's wonderful. And, you know, in a sense, that's, that's, that's everything. But there's, there's still something more. And the something more is not just having our sins forgiven, but it's being restored back into relationship with the Father so that we live as his sons and daughters. And I just, you know, we want to talk about the, the three stories very briefly in Luke chapter 15, uh, which we know very well. And I just kind of want to mention these and then invite Barry back in. Um, and then we'll sort of see where this goes. But, you know, the, the three stories in Luke 15 that Jesus tells, they, they represent the totality of our redemption and our restoration. And it's kind of helpful if we if we put ourselves into the stories because what these stories show us these three stories the lost sheep the lost coin and then of course the lost son what these three stories show us is we need a savior you know the first two stories the the, the lost sheep and the lost coin um both of those stories in Luke chapter 15 are likened to sinners having their sins forgiven. You know, the, the act of salvation. And, um, you know, these stories were told to the ordinary people of the day. You know, the, the poor and the needy, the, the young, the shepherds, you know, the young guys who worked in the fields, the, the ladies, the women, you know, they the coin, the valuable possession to them and the earnest way they looked for something that they'd lost. So these, these two stories appeal to, you know, humanity. So we put ourselves in those stories and we, we realise that we need a saviour. But the, the lost son is, is, is a different story. It's, 
it's not so much about us needing a saviour, but it's about us needing the homecoming, a homecoming back to the heart of the Father. See, we all need a saviour. We need to be saved from that pathway of independence and pride and rebellion. But we also need, we need something more than something greater in a sense than just our sins being forgiven. We need to know that we can come home to the Father. We need to know that we've always belonged. You see, the lost son, he was in a relationship with his father, but he didn't get on well with his dad. And so he took his money and he went off and he chose a pathway of independence. And, you know, it's kind of like a mirror story of what happened in the garden. You know, this guy saying, I want, I want, to, I want to live life on my own. And off he goes. But he realises he's made a mistake. And, you know, he goes off with this attitude of, I can do better on my own. You know, I don't need anyone. But he realises he can't. And he needs someone. But what he thinks he needs is he needs a master. And he'll come home to his father's house, but he'll only be a servant. He wants his needs met. And that's very often how we feel as when we're living a servant-hearted life. You know, we want our needs met. You know, this young guy, he's hungry, he's got no roof over his head, and all he wants to do is get a place to live and get some food in his stomach. And he doesn't believe that he can come home to the heart of his father. All he believes is, I'm only worthy to have my needs met. And that's very often where we find ourselves. You know, I'm not worthy. All I can do is just ask for my basic needs to be met. But the father, as we know the story so well, the father welcomes him home. See, sin traps us as a servant. It's very subtle. We don't always see it, but we, we're, we're held in a trap. But in this story in Luke 15, of course, the father won't have it because he sees his son and he runs out to meet him and he throws his arms around him, puts his robe around him and he says, son, you belong. See, John chapter 8, verse 35, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, talking to the the leaders and he's saying to them a servant has no place in the in in the family but a son belongs to it forever and you know this boy comes home and all he wants to do is just be a servant all he wants to do is have his needs met and the father says no yes you are going to have your needs met but you're not going to be a servant there's something more and that more is redemption being redeemed back into the full rights of sonship and many of us when we become christians you know we're happy because our sins have been forgiven and we've and that's wonderful you know that is such a huge thing and you know that's such a wonderful gift but the father wants to say there's more Yes, the gift of salvation is wonderful, but there's something more, and that more is redemption back into the full rights of son, sons, living as a son, living as a daughter, knowing that we truly belong. You see, 
This son in Luke 15, he thought servant, but the father was thinking son, because that's how he always has viewed him. And that's how the father always views us. He always views us as a son, as a daughter, as someone who always belongs. And the father in Luke 15, he gives the son back all of the rights of sonship. He gives him a robe, he gives him a ring, he gives him sandals, he throws a party. He says, son, you're home. And I believe that's what the father wants to say to all of us is, well, he wants to challenge us, I think, you know, um, don't settle for being a servant. Don't think servant. Don't think that's enough. You know, there's, there's more that the Father has for us. You know, the gift of salvation is priceless. It's wonderful. And, you know, it, it kind of guarantees our eternal inheritance and our standing in Christ. But there is a reality of life that we can live in that goes beyond just that, that um, just having just that sense of knowing that our sins are forgiven there's something more and that more is coming home to the father so i'm just going to bring barry back on and um i'm sure he's got plenty to to add in for us on on this so um barry take it away <laughs> uh no that's that's great you know, i say yes and amen to everything you said it's funny that when you were talking and i didn't know what you were going to share um, you know, I, I opened up actually Luke 15 as far uh -huh. as, as, as so we're, we're definitely in sync with that. And I think uh, I think that's one of the, the, the things that we can struggle with in this area of you know, where is our origin? Where do we come from? Where do mm. we belong? Right. And, and and being able to understand that every person on planet Earth uh was the happy thought of Almighty mm -hmm. God, like in there, because it's very clear that Psalm 139 talks about that, and that w all of us have had our origin in the mm -hmm. loving God that He is for us. And it's even interesting the words that we we talk about um, in the in the sense of either becoming a Christian, uh, and having our sins forgiven, being born again. The words are are oftentimes words that suggest that it's a returning, mm. right? It's being uh, reconciled to God. Second Corinthians 5, 18 and 19, God re was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our, our sins against us. And then, of course, it goes on to say that we have been given the ministry of reconcil reconciliation, calling people be reconciled to God through the the, mm. the work of Jesus Christ, right? You can't be reconciled to somebody you haven't had a relationship with. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Like if I've never met somebody, I can't be reconciled with them. I can only be reconciled with somebody where there was a pre-existing relationship. Mm. And that's where when we understand the Father's eternal plan was that he knew each and every one of us, like you said from Jeremiah 1, that he that and and it was like we came from him and his he has a dream for us mm -hmm. and Jesus came to fulfill that dream and then even if you think of the word redeem you know when we talk about Jesus being the great redeemer well it, you know as far as I understand if you get a coupon 
and you have to redeem that coupon. How it works is that a store will create a coupon, send it out to the masses, you get the coupon, and then to, in order to get the discount, you have to redeem it. You have to bring it back mm. to its original owner in order to get the benefit. So Jesus even redeeming us, there's just that other, it speaks to the returning to the original and even the word restore. What does restore mean? But it's actually putting what was once there mm. in record, you know, and making it right. So again, mm. this is God's plan and purpose for each and every one of us. So, so when I think about even Luke 15 and just the idea and what you just said about the, mm. the, the last sheep and the last coin and the last son, it's, when you when you we understand like Jesus said the son came to seek and to save those yeah. who were lost right so like if you were lost then you were you know you originally were from a place of uh, of being lost so you can be found mm -hmm. right it's just like the sheep Jesus going to see the to pursue the lost sheep the woman who had 10 coins and lost the one coin and of course the son came from the father went out on his own and then there was this this restoration reconciliation redemption of a relationship and so when i think when we begin to understand this that the father's mm. desire his longing has always been to to bring us back to the original purpose that adam and eve yeah. uh when they let they stepped out of the garden and and as you said so brilliantly like when adam and eve left the garden God didn't change. The Bible says in Luke chapter 3, it's the reverse genealogy of Jesus, starting with Jesus and ending with Adam, the son of the son of. It says that Adam, that Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. God. Yeah. And that was the plan and the purpose when, when the Trinity said, let us make man in our own image. And, and just the, the, the fall when Jesus came to restore all that was lost was to restore us to our rightful place mm -hmm. as sons and daughters to Yahweh. And again, it's not like you said, it's not this, just this, this, this idea of, of kind of just getting into this barely by the skin of our teeth into a place mm -hmm. of relationship with God. He wants, I mean, this is a, complete salvation it is complete restoration it is us being heirs of god and joint heirs with jesus children of the most high that the salvation that jesus came to to bring us was absolute and completely mm -hmm. complete and full and wonderful and even even the idea of eve if, and i i'm sorry I, I'll, I'll stop talking after this <laughs> but uh even the idea of ephesians 2 10 where where Paul talks about just two two uh, two verses earlier in Ephesians two eight he says for it is by grace that we are saved mm. through faith it is a gift of God lest anyone should boast and and when we begin then he goes to verse ten that says for we are his workmanship created to do the good works in Christ that God Himself prepared. Mm -hmm in advance for us to do. So then even that speaks to an eternal plan that the Father has to to redeem us, to save us, to restore us, to reconcile us to us mm -hmm. through Jesus. And it's only through Jesus that 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 reconciliation happens. And that and so it's to me it's just beautiful. You know, and I don't know, maybe one day we'll talk a little bit more about mm. the ministry of reconciliation, mm. but just the idea as brothers and sisters 
to co-heirs with Jesus, being our big brother, the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, that we can go out and call people, invite them to be reconciled mm. back to the Father who reckoned, he, he did everything he could by being in Christ at the cross. But yeah. it's then our response to that, that uh, once and for all sacrifice of Jesus. And again, it's returning back to our original plan and purpose. And of course, yeah. If that isn't good news, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I'll stop the, there. That's what, brilliant. I just seen Glennis has put a post. I mean, this will not mean anything to you, Barry, but uh, Glennis has said, I still remember green shield stamps. <laughs> I have to say, Glennis, I still remember them too. They were kind of like a voucher that you could redeem in a shop. Barry, but only people of a certain age in the UK will remember Green Shield stamps. <laughs> but I just think about the word redemption. Um, the word redemption means to buy back something that was already yours. Um, yeah. You know, um, it's the whole system of pawnbroking. You know, you you put something there, you get a bit of money. When you when you've got some money back yourself you go and redeem your watch or your jewelry or whatever you you basically buy back something that's already yours <laughs> i remember my my friend my good friend ingrid in uganda um she told me a story of her her land rover um and um she in uganda they they etch the registration plate the number on the wing mirror on the mirrors on the, the on the car and on the windows and um, one day her, her side mirrors were stolen off her Land Rover. So she went to the market down in, in Ginger where they sell car parts. And she was walking around the, the market and she saw some mirrors for a Land Rover and they were painted the same color green as, as her Land Rover. <laughs> and when she picked them up, to look at them she noticed they had her registration plate etched wow. on the wind the mirror so this was basically her mirror that had been stolen off her car and now it was being sold and however hard she argued and said here's my land rover look here's a registration plate you know they're mine you know the guy on the market store was not going to give them her you know she had to buy them you know she had to buy what was hers essentially <laughs> something that had belonged to her something that had been stolen she had to buy back and she did you know she haggled of course and got the price down as low as she could but she had to buy back her own mirrors that is such a classic um, example of what redemption is and that's yeah. what the father did for us you know, we've always belonged. We were yeah. his, but we were stolen. You know, we got mm. lost along the way. And mm. the father brought us back through Jesus. And mm. so we could live back in, in that relationship with him. You know, I, there's, I, when, when I think about a homecoming, which is what we've been talking about in Luke 15 and this story of the, the lost son coming home, I, I often think of the, the story of Ruth in the Old mm. Testament because um, that's, that's really a story of a homecoming. You know, um, mm. 
Naomi had left her homeland and she'd gone off into an, another country. Um, and Naomi and her husband went and their sons, they become separated from their family by famine. They lose everything. And then Naomi loses her husband. She loses her two sons. They die. And she's just left with her two daughters-in-law. And um, in the end, they, 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 you know, you know the story. They, they hear that there's food in their homeland. So they go home. They, Naomi wants to go home. She wants to go to her people. And one of her daughter-in-law stays behind, but Ruth goes with her. Now, Ruth is, is an immigrant. She's an outcast. She's, she's got no rights. You know, she's, she didn't belong to that country. It was Naomi that belonged to that country. But Ruth goes with Naomi and she's taken in to the family of Boaz you know Boaz marries her and mm. and it's a, it's a lovely love story of course but you know that then sets the the line um, the family line from which Jesus ultimately comes um, and it's just such a wonderful story of someone who had nothing someone who was basically an immigrant didn't belong had no value but she's given an identity she's given a mm. sense of belonging she's given a home she's given security she's becomes fruitful she's provided for she's protected she's accepted mm. and you know when we look at how Ruth was treated by Boaz it's such a wonderful picture of how we're treated when we're redeemed and brought back home that in a sense we've got nothing but the father showers all these good things upon us you know he gives us an identity wow. he gives us a sense of belonging he gives us a home he gives us security he makes us fruitful he give, he provides for us he protects us and we can know you know that we belong mm. that we're accepted and mm. you know i often read the story of ruth and yeah, I see the inheritance that Ruth received and I think, yeah, it's happened to us as well. Yeah. You know, we had nothing. We didn't belong, but we've been brought back home. You know, you can call this a rescue plan if you like. <laughs> but I think this has always been the father's heart. He's always wanted us to know that we're sons and daughters. He's always wanted us to live in relationship with him. You know, he didn't like it when we were lost. And he did everything yeah. to bring us back. It's not plan B. This is, this is the fulfillment yeah. of plan A. You know, we've always yeah. belonged, but we got separated. And he did everything necessary. Mm-hmm. He did everything necessary to enable plan A and make it happen. Yeah. And it's just such a, what a story of grace we live in. I think sometimes we lose sight of the amazing grace that we live in day, day in, day out. It's just incredible yeah. what the Father's done for us. Yeah. Well, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I got Oh, I, well, <laughs> I think so too, brother. I'm with you on it. You can shout it from the housetop. I, you know, I kind of think about this, the idea 
of, of course, with Adam and Eve in the garden, and then the serpent comes and and lies to them, deceives them, tricks them, mm-hmm. and and um, and I just think about any parent, you know, any parent out there, any especially grandparents. My <laughs> gosh, grandparents! But like, what would happen if you know one of the your children or grandchildren were kidnapped? Hmm. What kind of ferocious mm. heart? what would you do in order to get your kids or grandkids back right i mean there would be nothing that you would withhold to get your kids back and i really believe in that sense when we understand what happened in the garden Mm. it was like they were kidnapped you know and you know paul talks about uh those who have been taken captive to do the enemy's will right there is this the prince of the power of the air who has blinded the mind of uh unbelievers and mm. and so it's this ferocious love that god has and it you know in essence and we all know this but it cost him everything right yeah. the cross and and the, or the the only solution was for god himself mm. in the person mm. of the son jesus christ to become human to take on and of course that glorious incarnation where then he was able to uh to be able to take back that which was stolen and that was us. Right. And yeah. so that's the glorious redemption. And, and, you know, in, um, in, in that whole, um, uh, second Corinthians five, 18 to mm-hmm. 20, 21, where we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, it says that he, he, he who knew no sin yeah. became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God and, Christ Jesus and just the even just the idea of the cross and how Jesus became sin he took upon himself the sin of the world and then he killed it he destroyed the power of sin and death once and for all and I know we know that but it's just being understanding that what was the point you know when he rises (laughs) from the dead bumps into Mary in the garden and John 20 17 he had a the resurrection message was go tell my brothers then I'm returning to my God and your God, yeah. my father and your father. And that, as you said, Mark, seals the deal. Yeah. It completed the plan and purpose for the human race that God himself desired to be a father to us. And all, again, like Ephesians 2.8, it's a gift of God that's given yeah. by grace, but through the simple act of faith. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and as I was... I was just thinking about all of this today and I thought, you know, yeah, if we, if we get this, <laughs> yeah, if we really get it in our hearts, mm. you know, how much easier is it then for us to live in love? Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, Barry, you probably have the same, um, same issue, same challenge. You know, we often talk to people and the struggle they have to live in love. You know, I don't know I'm loved. I don't feel I'm loved. Um, you know, how can the Father love me because of this, this, and this, and this? And it it seemed, you know, and Paul talks in Ephesians 3 about knowing that, you know, being rooted and grounded in love and knowing the height and the depth and the width and the length. And, you know, many, many people I talk to, they're like, well, yeah, I kind of, get it but I don't really get it you know and there's a struggle there's that tension of you know yeah I, you know I don't I don't know I don't know that I'm loved I don't know 
And, um, you know, you can talk and talk and talk, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a revelation. Mm-hmm. And it's like the penny drops, and it's suddenly you think, yeah, I know, I know, I know that I'm loved, yeah. even on a bad day. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all have them. You know, even on a bad day, I know I'm loved. And, yeah. you know, it's like when we, when we really understand that He's always been our father. We've always belonged to him. It's like, I think it's like if that settles into our heart, it's like we can say, yeah, now I, now I believe, now I, now I know the father's mm-hmm. loving me. You know, Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I have loved you. I am loving you with an everlasting love. You know, suddenly mm-hmm. we think, yeah, I get it. I know it. I know it here, not not just here. We all know it here, but yeah. it's the experience here. You know, John says we can know and rely on the love God has for us, and they're experiential yeah. words. And yeah. I, I, I've just been sort of thinking about all of this today, and I thought, you know, yeah, if we really know that we belong, that we've always belonged, mm. then it's going to open the doorway in our heart, the floodgate, if you like, for that love that is always being poured into us to actually land. Mm. And as Paul says in Ephesians 3, we can really know that we're rooted and grounded in love. Mm. Yeah, and I and I and what you said I think is really important that and I, I just as before you went to Ephesians three, I just went to Ephesians three <laughs> on my screen because I go, Oh my gosh, we are just in sync here, mate. But it just it when when Paul prays that prayer in Ephesians mm. three fourteen to the rest of the chapter and he talks about us knowing the the riches of his glory and mm. that we might be strengthened with power by his spirit in our inner being yeah. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts yes. through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength co- to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that yeah. surpasses That's knowledge, so Yeah that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And, and I think, you know, that's that what you're talking about. It's the love that surpasses knowledge. It's not yeah. something yes. we reason. It's not yeah. something we intellectualize. It is something we experience by the outpouring huh, of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the Passion Translation. on on Ephesians 3, Um, Ephesians um, 3, verse 17. By constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and Mm. the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Wow. You know, the resting place of his love becomes the source and root of our life. You know, mm-hmm. our, the roots of our life go down into love. Yeah. And that love, by its very nature, is a restful place. Mm-hmm. And just as a soil gives a plant all the energy it needs, so when we're planted in love, does that love give us everything we need? 
And it's mm. a restful, peaceful love mm. that satisfies our hearts. Mm. I wonder if we wow. could just, I... just spend a few moments praying, Barry. Yeah, I was just gonna actually just cool. say that. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, but I mean again, it just we're in sync again. But I, I, you know, one of, one of the things that, um, uh, <clears throat> with the Father's love letter, um, mm -hmm. you know, the fifty lines of, of just paraphrased scriptures. Mm -hmm. One of the um, the lines that are, is paraphrased is says, uh, "You are you were not a mistake. For mm -hmm. all your days are written in my mm -hmm. book before yeah. one of them came to be." And I don't know how many people, and that comes from um, Psalm 139, again, what you referred to about all our days being recorded in, in God's special book before one of them ha came to be. And I don't know how many people over the years uh, that we've heard from who have had an encounter with the Father's love said that they felt like their life was a mistake. Hmm. They weren't wanted. They weren't planned. And I think, you know, as we just transition into prayer, yeah. I think really... Yes. I believe the Father wants each and every one of us to know without a shadow of a doubt that we are loved with an yeah. everlasting love. There's never been a time in all of eternity when we were not loved, that each and every one of us was planned by a loving Father who looked mm. to the day when we would, through what Jesus did on a cross, that we would see him with new mm. eyes and be able to cry that Abba cry from Romans 8, that you really yeah. are my Father. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I yeah. think that's great if we go right on. Yeah, yeah. Just open your heart. Just take mm. a few minutes just to receive Romans 5, 5, says he pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, let's just come mm. with that, that open heart. Yeah, I don't know what your yeah. day's been like. You might have had a good day. You might have had a not-so-good day. It doesn't mm. matter. Mm. Just... Just bring your heart. Say, Father, here I am. Yeah. yeah here I am now, Father. I, I want to experience your love. Mm -hmm. See, his ability to love us is never in doubt. Yeah. He's always loving us. It's everlasting. It's eternal. Yeah. So, Father, just release the floodgates. Open the floodgates mm -hmm. of heaven. Pour your love into our hearts, Father. Yes, Dad. We would know that you've always been our Father. Mm -hmm. And even though we were lost, we've now been found. Mm -hmm. You know, like the lost coin, like the lost sheep, that which was lost has been found. Mm. Yeah, our sin has been saved, been, been dealt with. Mm -hmm. But... Father, we just see the more, <laughs> mm -hmm. the more of that homecoming, mm. just coming home to you, just experiencing your embrace, yeah. the robe of righteousness and cleanliness yeah. being put around us, the sandals being put on our feet. Servants didn't wear sandals. When barefoot, yeah. only sons, or sandals, ring, the ring of authority, mm. the welcome party, you belong, you belong. Mm -hmm. Father says you belong, 
Yeah. You belong. Don't let the lie of the enemy mm -hmm. crowd out the truth. Yeah. The lie of the enemy wants to tell you that you don't belong. But it's a lie. <laughs> the truth is you do belong and you've always belonged. And Almighty God is your Father. Yeah. He is the one who gave you your breath and gives you your breath. There is but one God, the yeah. Father. Wow. Yeah, and Father, I just pray that if there's anybody who is thinking that they justify their their place in your house mm. through service, yeah. I'm no longer worthy to be a son or daughter, let me serve. Mm. Father, I just pray that there would be a revelation of sonship, of daughterhood, that a belonging mm. to you, that you would know in a deeper level by the Holy Spirit bearing yeah. witness with your spirit that the Father actually throws a party for you. Mm. And that, as, as Mark said, the ring of authority, the robe of righteousness and sandals on your feet, mm. that there is restoration to complete relationship and, 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 and a, a restoration to complete authority mm. in the Father's house. Co-heirs with yeah. Jesus. That means that Jesus has shared his entire inheritance with each and every one of us. Father, so I just pray today that if there's anybody who feels that sense of unworthiness, I'm no longer worthy to be your son or daughter, let me serve. I just pray, Father, that your love would come and just restore us to the place that you have always had for us, co-seated with Jesus in the heavenly places, hid in Christ with God at the right hand of the Father, in the Father's bosom right now. I don't know how it works, Abba, but <laughs> even though we are here on planet Earth, yet at the same time, your word says that we are seated in heavenly places. Yeah, yeah. So I just, Father, would you just, by your Holy Spirit, would you just make that more of a reality mm. in this moment than we've ever experienced yeah. before? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah. Mm. Father, just as Ruth received so much, mm -hmm when Boaz took her as his wife, mm. so too do we receive so much mm. when we're brought back into your family. Yes, Dad. And it's not mm. dependent on us in any way, it's dependent on you. Mm -hmm. That belonging, that protection, that provision, that acceptance. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Father, you accept us. Because we yes, are children. Dad. We are children. Mm -hmm. We belong to you. Yeah, Dad. You provide for us, you protect us. This is the life of freedom. It's a life of mm -hmm. joy. It's a life of peace. Yeah. 
blessing, your favour rest on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, everyone, for joining us once again forward to having you back next week and um well you'll see barry at the end of january <laughs> but uh, yeah, see you in, uh, see you in two months merry christmas and happy new year <laughs> but i'll i'll be here next week same time same yes. place yes bless so, you guys and really have have a blessed christmas and a wonderful anointed new year and i we will see you i will promise i will be back <laughs> i'll hold you to that <laughs> thanks everyone yeah. All right, bless you. Bye.